0: Nurgle is the Lord of Decay, who presides over physical corruption and morbidity. He is the father of plagues, and putrefactions are attracted to him like flies to a rotted corpse. For his amusement, he devises foul contagions that he inflicts upon the mortal world, the result of which greatly fascinate him. Nurgle's gaze thus drawn to those mortals bloated with sickness, and he generously favors those who spread disease in his name. To Nurgle, every rattled corpse is a welcoming nursery for wriggling maggots and cloying plague spores. Every stagnant lake and rotting forest is a paradise in which parasitic larvae and bountiful poxes can flourish. These are the gifts that Nurgle lavishes upon the mortal realms, and if there is malice behind his generosity, it is directed only to those ingrates who try to decline his offerings. Hello, all you wonderful listeners. It is I, Nobbler G, and welcome to Nurgle November, a lore study of all things Nurgle in the Age of Sigmar setting. This series will take us through what we know and do not yet know of Nurgle and all of his followers leading up to their awesome release this December. So please, sit back and enjoy this look into the Plague Fathers' world of corruption in the series brought to you by Grimdark Live called Nurgle November land of the Plague Lord. On the border of Zeech's realm lies the domain of Nurgle, the great lord of decay who presides over physical corruption and morbidity. Nurgle can truly be called the father of corruption and of all pestilence, for his immense frame is home to every disease known to mortals. His gigantic body is bloated with corruption and exudes an overpowering stench. His skin is greenish. Leathery and necrotic, its surface pockmarked with running sores, swelling boils, and numerous infected lesions. Nurgle's inner organs, rank with decay, spill through the ruptured skin to hang like obscene fruit all around his girth. From his organs burst tiny demons that chew on rotted bowels and suck upon the nauseous juices within. Such is the appearance of the Chaos God Nurgle, though mere words can barely do justice to his truly impressive foulness. Although Nurgle is ranked behind Khorne and Zeech, the truth is that his power is not necessarily weaker, just less stable than that of the other gods. When Nurgle unleashes his ghastly pestilence, his power rises to a peak. Like a plague, his power grows and often reaches pandemic proportions, temporarily overshadowing that of all the other Chaos Gods combined. It is for this reason that Nurgle commands a wary respect from all of his brothers. Nurgle's great delight is in the endless cycle of existence in life and death. At the heart of his moldering mansion, beneath mildewed and sagging beams, He indulges his passions. The Plague Lord labors for untold hours at an iron cauldron, a receptacle vast enough to contain all of the oceans of the world. Nurgle works to create contagion and pestilence, the simplest, yet most feculent forms of life. Such the ghastly irony of Nurgle's existence, everything he does is with the goal of bringing more life into the world. Yet. So many of his creations are inimical to other beings. Nurgle's legend is often that of a destroyer, not a creator. With every stir of Nurgle's maggot-ridden ladle, a dozen fresh diseases flourish. From time to time, the corpulent god reaches down with his leathery hand to scoop a portion of the ghastly mixture into his cavernous mouth to taste the fruits of his labor. Should the putrid soup meet with his approval, the god waddles to the corner of his workshop, where he holds Pax Fulcrum, a demon blessed with the ability to heal infections, but afflicted with the vulnerability to them all. Opening the corroded cage, Nerdle forces his captive to imbibe the putrid mixture, watching with ill-concealed excitement for the signs and symptoms of his latest creations. Though Oxvulcrum inevitably purges the disease from her body, the efficacy in which she does also allows the Plague Lord to evaluate his creations. If Nurgle is pleased, he returns to his cauldron as he empties it into the great below. The teeming liquid falls as rain upon the moral world. If the concoction does not meet with Nurgle's approval, he prepares his soup anew. As for Pox Fulcrum, she whispers to the mortals, while the Plague Father is busy at his cauldron, appraising them of the cures for the ailments Nurgle unleashes. So has she entered the beliefs of thousands of cultures under a thousand names. Some mortals believe her to be Nurgle's daughter, who cures only so that new diseases can take hold, while others see her as Nurgle's bitter foe a benevolent deity of healing, and a patron of the afflicted. But there is the garden of Nurgle, and pestilence is not Nurgle's sole obsession. When not laboring at his cauldron, Nurgle cultivates his garden with a tenderness and pride utterly at odds with his rank and loathsome appearance. As with all worldly things, Within the Realm of Chaos, Nurtle's overgrown garden is a, is a scale large enough to befuddle the mind. With, within its bounds are the plants and trees drawn from millions of worlds and realities. Each strain of flora flourishes in this particular environment. Though, not all are immediately recognizable. Like any gardener, Nerdle cannot resist the recombining of his beloved strains. Almost everything in the Plague Father's garden is some strange hybrid of vegetable, fungoid, and demonic life. Perhaps as a result of this, the garden is alive with a kind of ghastly intelligence. It is not sentient as such, but has enough carnivorous instinct to attack intruders. Its plague smothered vines bestow all manner of deathly poxes on all those who foolishly come into contact with it. As Nurgle's power grows, so does the splendor of his garden. At the zenith of the Plague Lord's power, the undergrowth becomes vital enough to burst over its boundaries and cast murky tendrils into Zeech's crystal labyrinth and the lands beyond. Left unchecked, the decaying presence of Nurgle's planks will crack and wither the arcade geodes from which the labyrinth is composed. Such an assault, however, unwittingly and inevitably provokes Zeech's minions to instinctively attack the incursive foliage, using sorcerous fire to scour root, stem, and branch from the shimmering labyrinth. In this turn, this does, however, rouse the wrath of the father of Nurgle. Before long, the demonic servants of the Great Sorcerer and the Plague Lord are at war once again. Such battles can last seconds or centuries, for they only cease when Nurgle's power, and thus the unchecked growth of his garden, recedes again. For a time, Nurgle wallowed in his despondency of rejection. And, as he did, so did his armies were driven back on every front. But now, the plague god's optimism has returned, and with it, the realization that, in obsessing over the conquest of Gyron, he was being selfish, all the mortal realms deserve to benefit from Nurgle's generosity, and he means to make sure that they are all showered with his blessings until they can take no more. Hello, and thank you for listening to this installment of Nurgle November. I hope you enjoyed this bit of fun as we head towards the new release for Nurgle uh, for Age of Sigmar 3.0. So be on the lookout for more Nurgle Novembers to come very, very soon. But until then, stay gross, you gamer goons. See you next time. Bye. And remember, my little pimples, the grandfather loves you.